Talk of the Thrones. Thrones. The Ringer's instant reaction show for all things Ice and Fire is back. Now as a pod. To cover the new Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. Every Sunday night, the Ringerverse, Chris Ryan, that's me. Joanna Robinson. And I, Mallory Rubin, will be breaking down the latest episode. Sharing our thoughts on all the schemes and plots. Uh, schemes and plots are the same thing. Dragons. And incest. Hey, it's a Game of Thrones show. So boot up your favorite podcast player and head to the dragon pit. Because fire and pods will rain. And welcome to Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying, and this week we're cooking with plant-based meat. And I can imagine some of you are excited to hear that because you're going to find out new things to do with Impossible Burger or Beyond Meat, while the rest of you are probably turning off this podcast right now, grumbling and swearing that you'll never support these libtards again. Listen, if that's you... I'm not trying to convince you to stay, but I do want to share a little story that might give you some more insight into this whole plant-based meat thing. When we were preparing to shoot our Hulu show, The Next Thing You Eat, which you should check out if you haven't already, we started talking about doing a vegetarian episode because, come on, if we're going to live to see the future, we all have to start eating more plants and less meat. That's a given. But as Dave and I were discussing this with Morgan Neville and our producers, uh, Marielle Huey and Danny Breen, it started to become clear that this battle would be won in the burger trenches. Because the key to getting people to eat more plants in the future is going to come down to whether you can make a burger taste good without any meat in it. So our vegetarian episode finally arrived in the Trojan horse of a hamburger episode. And that's where plant-based meat entered the fray. I got to go to the Impossible Meat facility in the Bay Area to find out how they make this stuff. And much has been said about Impossible and how good it is at mimicking the appearance and behavior of ground beef. You unwrap these patties and you think, damn, that looks a lot like meat. And it behaves a lot like meat in the pan. But what I thought was the most interesting thing was that most of these companies who are trying to create a plant-based meat substitute are basically answering the same question that we had set out with in the show. What makes a burger delicious, really? And do you need animal meat to achieve it? The answer, it turns out, is that a lot of what makes a burger, and by extension meat in general, delicious, can be quantified in a laboratory. They have a machine that detects the exact aroma molecules produced when you cook a piece of beef. They've produced this stand-in for heme, uh, the molecule that gives meat its telltale flavor that they've produced from fermented yeast. And my favorite thing was this chewing machine where you put a piece of food into the machine and it has these teeth that imitate a human mouth and can sort of measure the resistance the food is putting up as these scientists are trying to emulate the chew of real beef. Anyway, listen, if you are somebody who hunts or you raise your own meat, there's never going to be a replacement for that 
feeling of reward for the work that you have done. And there are many other ways other than plant-based meat that people are trying to sort out so they can fill our bellies with meat in the future in a more sustainable way. And all of that is, is great. My point is this, and I say this with infinite respect for the artistry and intuition of chefs and cooks the world over, moms and dads and grandmas all cooking, but deliciousness is not magic. Why humans favor certain foods over others can more or less largely be explained by rational answers. So it's probably fitting that today's recipe for plant-based meat comes from a man of science, a physician by the name of Kevin Zhang, who swears by his General So's Impossible Meatballs. Sadly, I didn't get to cook these. I sat this one out, but I did speak to Kevin before leaving the meatballs in the very capable hands of David Chang, Brian Ford, and John DeBerry, who you'll hear from in just a minute. As always, send any questions, comments, and recipes for consideration to the fixer at majordomomedia.com. Join the discussion and cook along with us on our Discord server at majordomomedia.com slash Discord. And check out the Recipe Club TV feed on Spotify to see video of all the cooking action from this week and every episode of this season. All our videos, at least for the time being, are going to be exclusive to Spotify. So switch on over there and see the action in moving picture form. Why don't you start uh, by telling me your name and the recipe that you have brought to the club for consideration? Yeah, um, my name's Kevin. Um, I have brought you General So's meatless meatballs. <laughs> uh, Kevin, you, you're you're very kind for letting putting us all on a first name basis with you. But I gather from your email that you're a physician in Brooklyn, Doctor yes. Doctor Kevin. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> now, are you a vegetarian? I, I am definitely not. Um, but when I'm trying to make gestures toward being healthier and doing what I say and not what I do, I do make efforts to try to eat less meat. I'm not very successful at it, but I try. So how often does plant-based meat make its way into your, your diet? Pretty often now. I, I actually work in Manhattan. I live in Brooklyn. And the Avenue A Trader Joe's just opened, and now it is directly on my path home to get to the L train. And so it's pretty easy for me to stop in there and like impossible meat. I remember a time when like it was pretty expensive and would like be in the freezer and like I just don't have time to like defrost some. I know it's not hard. But... And so this recipe starts with the 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 meatball form of impossible meat, right? Yes. Give us, give us your opinion of it. Is it better than, equal to, lesser than a meat meatball? I will say I, I am generally pretty cool with like plant-based things and not trying to hide that fact. I, I will say I've been very impressed by Impossible Ground Meat or whatever the actual product name is. This recipe is one of my first sort of just like treat it like it really is meat. Um, kind of things rather than, you know, treating it like it's tofu or whatever. I'm, I'm Chinese American. So, you know, we don't try to hide the fact that tofu is tofu, for example, in some of our cooking. I would say on a good day, it, it's like 85% as good as like ground pork or ground beef or something. Here's another thing I want to ask you about. Yeah. 
you mentioned that you're Chinese American. I, I gathered as much from your from your last name. We share a cultural heritage here, and I assume that like all all Chinese Americans, you have a big poster of General Tso somewhere in your house, framed. You know, as, as all good Chinese Americans do, we we worship our general. Is this a nostalgic taste for you? Does it what what part did like sort of Chinese American flavors like this play in your upbringing? General So looms large in my life, um, in my upbringing. Um, so my <laughs> not literally, my right? are, you're not related to General So. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, we all are. Probably not. You know, I don't know. Grandpa was an orphan, um, but yeah. I mean, I think a lot of my memories of this kind of dish come from like going to the mall in like you know the suburbs of you know outside of LA. I don't know, maybe it's just a classic story of like feeling kind of culturally inferior with like the real Chinese stuff that we ate that some of the kids would say, oh, you know, what does your food smell, whatever, whatever. But then everybody loves General So. And so, I don't know, just early on, I loved it as a kid. But yeah, like going to the mall with my mom on weekends and going to like the Panda Express in the mall. I guess that's not General So's, that's orange, but it's close enough. All those kind of saucy fried chicken dishes, um, just probably my favorite treat as a kid. Uh, when the club goes to prepare this, what potential pitfalls can you see them maybe stepping into? What are some things that might strike them the right or wrong way? Yeah, you know, in my like little weak oven, uh, sometimes it just doesn't really brown. And so like I'll try to broil it and then I'll, fr- I mean, like, I guess like Dave's a professional. She's not going to burn it, but like, I'll like put it in the broiler, get distracted and like the fire alarm's going off and like, you know, I'll burn it. Sometimes I just like don't manage to brown it at all. And so that's when I get up the blowtorch that my friend gave me. Kaylin, my girlfriend does not like that, but, uh, you know, makes me feel alive, uh, in these dark times to get out a blowtorch and, uh, torch some meatballs on a Tuesday. Yeah, man. Uh, find find joy wherever wherever you yeah. can. Uh, all right. Last question. Occasionally, friends will tell me. Dave will sometimes say, "Oh, I can't eat that. My doctor says not to eat that anymore." Maybe yeah. I just don't see my primary care physician enough, but I've never been sort of instructed. How often, as a as a uh, physician, are you t- telling your patients to avoid certain foods or 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 not? I don't know if this is the right way to do this, but uh, I generally find myself more successful um, if I give people sort of general guidelines and let them figure it out for themselves rather than, uh, you know, really hard and fast rules, which I think have a tendency sometimes to create guilt. Um, And maybe even people are afraid to come and see me again because I told them that they must absolutely not touch, I don't know, lard you know, and they know I'm going to ask them about it next time. So I do try to steer clear of that. Am I right? Oh my I God, don't know. It's so refreshing to hear this. It's so refreshing to hear you <laughs> describing exactly what I'm thinking as a doctor. You know, you scared me off by telling me not to eat fried chicken every day. And that's why I haven't come back to see you. Thank you, doctor. This is exactly what I needed to hear. So have you considered the possibility he was trying to scare you off? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he's trying to do okay, for sure. There you go. Yeah. So, impossible. So General So's impossible meatballs, special occasion food or everyday dish. Then, <laughs> well, you know that doctors are the worst patients, right? <laughs> yes, I do know this. I, I, I will make absolutely zero claims about the health benefits of this this dish. I mean, it's got bacon and parm, and right. And this is not a healthy dish. Let's be clear about that. 
Okay, but we are definitely going to put a uh, a Dr. Kevin approved sticker on this recipe uh, <laughs> when it goes out to to all the fans to make this one. All right. Well, I do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> I appreciate the time. I appreciate the instruction. We'll see how these uh, how the boys do with this one. But uh, I'm excited. This will be interesting. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Welcome to another installment of Recipe Club, where I am hosting this today and not Chris Yang. And I have to say, you know, not to toot my own horn, the last time I hosted, I think it was one of the better Recipe Clubs, minus Chris Yang. <laughs> sorry to piss off all the Chris Yang fans, but Ooh. there's only like five of them anyway. So let's be honest, guys. <laughs> this is going to be the best Recipe Club that's ever been recorded, ever been made, right here, right now. We're two of the very, very best people I know, Brian Ford. And JDP, John DeBerry, both very, very good at their jobs and very, very good at Recipe Club. Mm. Welcome, guys. Yes, yes. Thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. With the OGs. best at Recipe Club. What have you guys been up to, man? Oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm still finishing this cookbook that I've been working on since I started doing this podcast. I'm <laughs> still doing it, man. Still doing it. I'm almost done, though. Almost done. I just finished my book. I handed it in last week. Oh, congratulations to yeah. you, John. Overachieving once again. Wow. wow so handing him books. <laughs> handing him books. You, you are the best, aren't you? <laughs> what, and just a refresher, what, what's your book about, Brian? Uh, how sourdough is overrated? Um, uh, in a way, in a way. it's No, it's, it's a comprehensive Latin American baking book. So there's yeasted breads, there's gluten-free breads, there's empanadas, there's savory baking, there's pastries, there's desserts. And yes, there's some sourdough in it, but um, it's just kind of... Uh, my version, I guess, my view on uh, the delicious baked goods that we have to offer in the new world. Is most bread in, in Latin America uh, yeast or sourdough? The yeast, easily, easily yeast. But, it, uh, you know, a lot of them originated as uh, what we would typically call sourdough. I mean, the first pan de cocos were made in wood-fired ovens with no with no commercialized yeast because there was no such thing as commercialized yeast. So, you know, at, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, most bread was always sourdough quote-unquote until the industrial revolution um but no right now today yeah it's, it's a lot of yeasted breads a lot of white flour um in some of the traditional things like bolillos uh which are still delicious um they're still delicious so it's it's trying to trying to trying to capture the whole picture and not just like this one piece of leavening agent that's been blown out of proportion well i hate i hate to break it to you you know just like in hollywood where there's like a theme whether it's a armageddon or the other the world is going to end movie or there's an earthquake movie and there's two or there's always twos. Uh, as long uh, as the uh, rock is in it, I'm game. Yeah. And I hate to tell it to you. JDB's book is also based on the breads of Latin America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's coming out at the exact same time as yours. I was going to tell you, I didn't want to tell you, I didn't want to make you upset, but also I didn't know this, Brian, did you, JDB, did you, did you see Brian Ford's, anti-croissant wrap <laughs> not yet i heard about it though i'm really curious to know what why are why are croissants problematic it, it's first of all calling it an anti-croissant wrap is a little strong um it is it is it is in no way shape or form is it anti-anything it is just a hip-hop song about baked goods that i prefer to eat and it's uh oh, so it's collaboration pro everything else no, it's not pro everything else. It's pro a few things that I like. <laughs> you want to Do you want to butter my croissant or not? Now you got to check it out. <laughs> but anti is strong, Dave. Anti is strong. Let's be honest. It is anti. 
I mean, yeah. Do I say that I, you know, don't play with brioche or what? Yeah, yeah, sure. Do I call a couple of baked goods out? Sure. When you, know, you are do they talking off, to be French? when you're talking offline, you're using curse words about croissants. So, oh man, I don't know why you you're, you're 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 not being honest about this. I, you know, when I'm talking offline, I might be using strong language about a variety of of <laughs> of different baked goods. But you know, curse word, you know, I don't know, I don't know. You'll have to just talk to me offline, guys, listeners out there in the world. Find me offline, and you'll see the truth. Wow, croissant <laughs> truth movement right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, last time. JDB and Brian Ford were he, on, uh, on together. John selected a recipe for pineapple cheese Ritz cracker casserole. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you guys, life. I'm so happy that I was absent. <laughs> you missed out. You said it changed your life? It kind of did. What do you mean? Well, I was hoping, well, I remember like they, like I said, I wanted like something that really like reconfigured my understanding of Ritz oh, crackers. Oh yeah, that's true. And you they did say did. that. Yeah. It, re- it rewired your brain. <laughs> Yeah. Your brain was rewired. <laughs> so this season, we're dedicating each episode to a single listener submitted, submitted recipe. And it turns out that uh, Brian Ford blessed all of us with plant-based meat. Do you guys eat a lot of plant-based meat? Yeah, I do. I, I do know not. you do, JDP. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> I do not. I do not ever actually eat it. Well, why did you pick it, Brian? And I didn't. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I because it was pretty, it was pretty deep in the draft, man. You had plenty of chances to do it, it's and true. I, I honestly, I was curious. I'm curious. I do. I literally never buy it. I never eat it. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I've had it before, and it does taste good. Like I've had a, um, like an Impossible Burger at a restaurant or something, and it was good. But um, I, just, I don't, I don't buy it. And I thought it would be fun to, to do something with it. Well, there's 97 million results for plant-based meat recipes, which. Um, Wow. I think the oldest one that I could think of is Boca Burger, which I wow. used to eat in college. Um, wow. And I would have to say Boca Burger's chicken was not that bad. And um, Morningstar has one. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, they were like bean patties. And the only other vegan burger that I would eat in, in New York City was Superiority Burger. Because Brooks had yeah. been working on that burger for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. constantly tweaking it. And there have been so many variations of it over the years, but every variation has been good. So, you know, I uh, I was a bit surprised that Brian chose plant-based meats. I would not have been surprised at all if JDB chose plant-based meats because I have no doubt that this is a 25% of his protein uh, intake is some kind of plant-based meat. I helped launch Impossible Foods many years ago, and it's something that is incorporated in, in a few of our restaurants and, and stuff that we make, whether it's Impossible or any of its competitors or say things like meaty. Now we're a long way away from getting anything that sell cultivated meat. You know, that might happen down the road, but it's going to happen in my opinion. And like the whole idea of it was to me as a meat eater, you're going even specifically meat eaters. I think uh, the best comp I could give to somebody that is like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Why would you try to eat something that's uh, a meat alternative when you're not a vegan or vegetarian? Mm -hmm. Well, if you open up my fridge right now, I have almond milk and I have uh, oatly, I have oatly, uh, and I have whole milk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, am I lactose intolerant? Yeah, actually, probably I am lactose intolerant, but it doesn't stop me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it for certain things, and yeah. the way I think I, as a as someone that would aspire to one day be a vegetarian, because I I think it's just 
amazing and I don't have the willpower to do such a thing. Um, it's just changing it up like a, like a pitch in baseball, right? It's a, they serve its purpose in certain things. And I, I think it's something we all have to incorporate and it's going to be incorporated in more and more diets, whether people like it or not. What are yeah. your guys' thoughts? Uh, I think they need to make a good plant-based chicken and then I'm on board because I eat chicken every day. I eat chicken at least once a day. And if there could be like a fake chicken that was like, well, not ground, ground. I'm talking about like just like chicken breast, chicken thighs, like that would be dope, bro. I would be all over that, you know, because I want to eat healthier. I want to eat more vegetables. I want to lower my cholesterol. You know what I mean? I ain't trying to get murked out here eating all this junk. So I'm not opposed to it. Um, I just right now, I, I don't really eat much red meat or pork. So I feel like those alternatives simulate that texture and flavor profile more than I, mean, I just eat chicken a lot. But I also have a question real quick, like when it comes to plant based, when if you eat a plant based diet, does that just mean that you're eating like 80 percent vegetables and then the, the other 20 percent could still be meat? Because I get confused. I feel like some people have defined plant based as just like way more veggies and you can still have meat or cheese or whatever. So I'm just I'm, that's a real question. I feel like it's a rebrand of veganism because everyone thinks that vegans are annoying and sanctimonious. Right. And so they're trying to say plant-based to kind of move away from that like conception. But I think that like, if you're going to say plant-based, it's basically like, yeah, and maybe it's more like about what you include rather than what you exclude. But I think for most people, if you say plant-based, I have a plant-based diet, they would just assume that's pretty much synonymous with vegan. I don't know the semantics of plant-based uh, ratios, but if you were talking about Star Trek, or Star Wars, or or anything science fiction, I think we'd be able to break it down to you. You know, if you, we could do these things for you, Brian Ford. We could tell you about the genesis of the Romulan race, but we can't tell you about <laughs> the genesis of the semantics of it's like, Well, me. the replicator uses protein yeah. we sleep in the air. <laughs> uh, but the eggs, just eggs, though, are good. I've had Those that good. before. And I was like, mm, maybe I don't, you know. I do the egg white thing, you know what I'm saying? Trying to keep it lean. But the just eggs thing was fine. Was I good. mean, if they could just replicate that to the to a real chicken, and well, and if like you like chicken, chicken nuggets, like legitimately, my son loves um, Impossible Chicken Nuggets. Those aren't I've bad. Seen those, yeah, those are good. really good. Those are really fucking good. They're good. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I wanted to go a little bit deeper into veganism and vegetarianism. At least I'm going to say twenty five hundred, three thousand years of history with. Buddhism and Hinduism and Jainism and, and how that migrated over to, to Japan and in terms of shojinyori, which is the, the Buddhist cuisine and, and tofu and wheat gluten-based meat substitutes like tempeh. Uh, actually, tempeh being the genesis of Recipe Club where Priya Krishna won with her abomination of a BLT with tempeh. <laughs> I remember wow. that. It was, I remember uh, that. I can't even believe she won. That was just so sad. Um, but, you know, that's why I actually do admire this very much. And I, I on a not just an ethical level, but a philosophical level, it's hard to, like, argue against it. Yeah. Uh, the Buddha, yep. Buddhism vegetarian ethos, like, how do you say no? I, I, I think you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, no, we're not even talking about the... The, the religious aspect. We're just talking about the logical aspect. Yep. It's hard to yep. argue against this ethos of everything is a living organism. Yeah, yeah. it's almost impossible to argue with that. <laughs> it's like, how, how do you argue against that? Tofu, I, I grew up eating tofu, but you know, in Asia, that's just a great source of protein. Uh, tempeh was not something I had until I actually 
ate in a Buddhist monastery. Mm. And again, growing up, Boca Burgers was basically it. And I don't remember why I even tried one. I think when my roommate in college brought some home from like the grocery store and I was like, oh, that's pretty good if you put it like with hot sauce and mayonnaise and put it, you know, like that kind of thing. It's also just something that you could eat quickly like it's a Pop-Tart. But I didn't realize that Kellogg's was an early popularizer of it in the 1900s with a vegan protein called Protos. Oh, Did Kellogg's, you know huh? Protos, no. P-R-O-T-O-S-E. The early 1900s was made from wheat gluten and peanuts. What? Yeah. That's rad. We should try to like reconstruct it. Protos. I'd be, I'd be down. That Protos. sounds like something that came out of Star Trek world, Protos. <laughs> um, but it's it's been an evolution again. There have always been vegan products and there have been Asian plant-based products. But I think the 90s and clearly the aughts started to turn into this sort of cold war of, of meat substitutes. Yeah. Yeah. JDB, like how often are you eating these meat substitutes? First of all, like let's break it down. How often are you eating tofu? How often are you eating tempeh? How often are you eating plant-based meat substitutes like Impossible Beyond? A lot, actually. I was a vegetarian for seven years um, when I was younger. And it was like kind of a little bit for spite, but it was also just, I just wasn't really a huge fan of meat. Uh, and then right now I eat like vegan deli slices. Oh, Vegan cheese, I think is, I've yet to taste a vegan cheese. That's good. And then there's, there's these like, I, don't, I forget who makes them, but it's like these vegan, like bologna-ish kind of things and like turkey slices. And they're just like, they're not meant to sort of trick me into thinking I'm eating you know, real cold cuts, but it's just like good. It's just satisfying. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. putting in a sandwich or just like, I literally just sit there with mayonnaise and just like put the mayonnaise on the, on the slices. And then oh, mayo is the, the only way, man. Mayo is yeah, the only I way. Mean. <laughs> Vegan mayo though, right? Would it have to be? Oh, no. or you do regular <laughs> no. mayo. Yeah. yeah. Real recognized. <laughs> yeah. Real recognized real, man. Yeah. <laughs> like straight up helmets. Yeah. Hellman's good, good. Yeah, no, I never eat any of those, Dave, if you were going to ask me, if you cared enough to ask me. I don't eat, I've never, not never, obviously I've had tofu and tempeh, but it's just like 0% purchased by me pretty much. Usually it's like if I'm out <laughs> somewhere, if I'm, I mean, my favorite pho to eat in New York City is in Queens and it's a vegan pho and it's a little tofu with kale yes. and broccoli and it's absolutely phenomenal. What? It's district, say, no, it's, no, it's, it's phenomenal. Have you had actually. it? Have you had it, JDP? No, I need to go. The it's the broth. The broth, like, if it truly is vegan, because sometimes I'm like, they just give me, like, meat broth. They tell me it's vegan because this broth is really, really tasty. <laughs> um, that one, that's when I'll eat tofu just because, like, that broth is really good. But I don't, I don't purchase. Um, should I? I mean, am I bad? Like, you know, I just buy a bunch of chicken. <laughs> You're not bad. I, I think this is still the beginning stages of it. Well, since you don't eat it on the regular, JDP, what are your favorite preparations besides deli slices? Are you eating like jerky and stuff like that? No. Nah. Or are you cooking with I, the, like yeah, recipes I cook with, today? I cook with like ground, like fake chorizo from the Trader Joe's has them. It's pretty good. Um, I do impossible fairly regularly. There's also these like vegan meatballs. I forget who makes them, but they're, I get them from Restaurant and like, those are really simple and they're pre-made. So it's kind of like reminded me a lot of like what we did to like what, this recipe where it was like, if I ever wanted to make my own meatballs and like control the the seasonings, this is probably the recipe I would use. Mm. 
Yeah, it's something that I've messed around with a lot. A lot of different recipes were made over the past sort of seven, eight years. Um, partly because, and this is before I even had children, it was more like, okay, I'm the more I get an understanding of the meat industry and the act of sort of consumption of things, and the more you look at the numbers, and it's stuff that we talked about in the Hulu show, Next Thing You Eat, 2050, we're run out of protein for, right. for the world. That is just a an iceberg that we're headed towards. It just is. So, you know, I, I think it's a moot point for people that say, I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat cell-based mm. meat. I don't want to eat plant-based protein. It's like, there's no choice. Yeah. There's no choice. And honestly, the best thing you can do is to maybe change up your diet, even if you're not a vegan or vegetarian, with some plant-based protein every once in a while. That can have a dramatic yep. impact. But like, I just think that's, Something that people don't want to think about, but that's just the truth. And yeah. we're going to run out of land to raise animals, et cetera, et cetera. But like, listen, I don't want to give up eating meat because I love it too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just good. because on a, uh, on a philosophical, ethical level, I actually wish I was not. But man, it's so good. It's mm -hmm. so fucking good. And mm -hmm. that's where I think we're headed. You know, we're going to have a, all kinds of plant-based proteins. It is just going to be happening. It's also why I've continued to work with other plant-based proteins that I think are, are going to work because it's something that we have to sort of popularize. We have to sort of figure out how we're going to integrate it in a diet. And to me, again, the comp is how we drink dairy or how we use yeah, dairy. Right. And if you look at it that way, nobody gives a shit. If I opened up your fridge and I saw oat milk, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? I wouldn't say that because mm -hmm. it's normal. I yeah. do believe the younger generation will feel that same way about anything that is protein oriented and, and it's just normal. Yeah. I remember when soy milk hit the scene, I was young and my dad would get it thinking it was some kind of like special treat or something. I don't know. It was like silk soy milk or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Silk. silk vanilla. Silk vanilla <laughs> was like the first to enter the household. I didn't particularly like uh, soy milk with my cereal, um, it, which is the way I gauged milk. I was like, is this good with my Fruit Loops? No. So I wanted, you know, dairy milk. But now it's, you know, with all, I like flax milk, you know, flax milk is my favorite. It's high in protein. Flax it's Delicious. Milk. Flax yeah, flax milk wow. is very neutral in flavor and it's thick. It's got that, um, it's the consistency. Like some of the, uh, like the barista oat milks that are thick. Yeah. They're a little carb dense obviously so like you know i can when i drink too much oat milk i can kind of feel a little i mean i eat a lot of bread what i'm talking about <laughs> what i'm talking about i'll try to play oat milk um but i'm about it man i'm about it you give me like i said now say one more time you give me a chicken that's that's impossible i'll be the pioneer i'll be the test dummy i'll i will take a whole uh plant-based chicken and roast it for for my holiday meal man somebody somebody send me one i'm down well I wonder, maybe subconsciously, that's why you chose plant-based meat as yeah. your recipe. Maybe I, maybe this is I not a so. podcast episode, and it's an intervention. It's an intervention. Maybe. The <laughs> yeah, Brian. Because you had a plethora long. of recipes uh, for, for today to, to send in, and they range from impossible steak tartare to impossible loco moco to beyond sausage rice balls. But Brian was most intrigued by the impossible Trader Joe's meatballs. Why did you choose this one, Brian? I hate Trader Joe's. That's why. I, I don't like Trader Joe's. That's why I chose it. Can, can we just talk quickly? Trader Joe's yes. bread is fucking garbage. Yeah, I, I've never 
I've only stepped foot in a Trader Joe's twice. Until so I don't... they sponsor Recipe Club, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> until they sponsor Recipe Club uh, or until they pay me money to make some videos uh, showcasing why their <laughs> products are great. Uh, yeah, man, it's just it, it's, it's not the place for me. Something's in that cauliflower gnocchi, man. I got people, uh, you know, addicted. Um, it seems like an addiction. That's what it seems like to me. So, Well, I think that they also play with scarcity too. So it gives you that sense that you need to get whatever it is that's there yeah, before it I, goes away because every, every once in a while they just like it's not there and then people like lose it i agree if i was growing a business or, or some kind of location i would hire their marketing team or whatever bro like what, what y'all put in that logo or what y'all put in y'all stuff that made people like name another grocery store when you talk about it people just like bro i mean Louis, you could say any other grocery store wegmans people wegmans like wegmans is, wegmans is pretty hot yeah Look, man, I just know that when you say Trader Joe's, they got people that are oh, I love that XYZ. Like, I mean, just like, like immediately all up in that. And I think, I think it's actually kind of impressive now I'm saying. They really built some kind of psychological game here. I read a book about Trader Joe's and it's really interesting. Like the whole strategy is to completely counter everything that they normally would do in a grocery store. Like they have the number of products they have is like less than half what a normal grocery store has. And like the whole Hawaiian shirt, like everything, it's like, it's like Disney World. It's like calculated to like give you this feeling. I don't want to be calculated against when I'm trying to just buy some, some, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, it just, it's too much, man. It's too much. Well, that's why I picked, I picked it so I could go and immerse myself in this environment that I don't often go to. That's That's why I picked this one. What book is this? It's called The Secret. It's called The Secret Life of Groceries. I didn't know. When did this come out? <laughs> uh, I think last year. Then the author is like Benjamin Lore, I think. And he actually used to go to my yoga studio and he wrote a book about Bikram Yoga. That was his first book. It's like one of the best books I've ever, I've ever read in my entire life, both from like just an information standpoint and also just like the literal language of it is 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 amazing. You it's all about the Bic- like the Bikram one or the Trader yeah, Joe's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the Bikram one was okay, but the Trader Joe's one, it wasn't just about Trader Joe's, it's about like groceries, about it starts in Whole Foods, it goes to like shrimp farming in Thailand. Like it's, it's like, it's all about the supply chain and it's like endlessly fascinating. That sounds actually super dope. So, yeah. Well, I had never really shopped at a Trader Joe's until I, I, I moved to Southern California. And um, even though they've been in New York City, but I never cooked really at home. Um, you know, so I've gotten to understand it in, in, in depth. And uh, there's a like a real love hate relationship with Trader Joe's. But mostly love, again, when it's brought to you by, Recipe Club is brought to you by Trader Joe's. Um, yes, on that day, it will be mostly love. <laughs> but today's recipe that you chose is General So Meatballs. But this recipe comes from Kevin Zhang. He is a primary care physician working in Manhattan, but living in Brooklyn, who told our faithful interviewer, Chris Ying, who, again, didn't want to show up today, <laughs> that he makes this recipe almost every week because it uses 100% Trader Joe's ingredients. And it's easy for him to stop at Avenue A Trader Joe's, the one that opened in 2020 on the way home from work. What I found most interesting is his two cat names, Steve Martin and Yusuf Stevens. JDB, as a cat owner, what do you think about the cat names? Uh, I love I love that, that, that he named his cats, but not his girlfriend. <laughs> wow that is you better hope he she ain't li- they ain't listen to this together bro you just threw the man's under the bus like straight up under the bus done wow Whew, that was spicy yeah 
That was messed up. <laughs> but maybe she didn't want to be named, you know, so that's the benefit of the doubt. I had a hard time wanting to make this recipe. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, and also, I felt weird going to Trader Joe's just to buy these ingredients. Correct. So I was really trying to take my time to to. I had the same experience. Stuff, I was like right? trying to like hold off from buying other stuff. I was like, wait, like what? Like, yeah. you know, I, I could use like a fucking frozen pizza or something. And I just like had to stop myself. Mm -mm. I got in and out. <laughs> I accomplished the goal. Those are the things that are good. Like the frozen foods, mm -hmm. the packaged snacks, the drinks. Their black and like, cookies are really the good. The cookies are fucking insane. The, the peanut butter stuffed chocolate pretzel things, fucking amazing. Those, those, those are like really best in class. Clearly, best in, uh, Brian Ford bought class. none of these. <laughs> no, no. Brian Ford didn't buy any of them. Brian Ford was not even able to buy the plant-based meat because they so don't even carry it at the location I went to. So oh. that was, and I, and I refused to go to another one. Can I jump into what I did? Yes, we want to hear it. Let's hear it. I, you know, look, I was like, one is enough. I'm here and I will find, I was like, look, man, they got, y'all got some frozen plant-based stuff. I could chop it up, whatever. So he brings me over next to all the, the, the crazy varietals of raviolis and, 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 and cauliflower-based uh, items, about 40 different cauliflower-based items there. There's the impossible or whatever plant-based chicken nuggets. All right. And those, I was like, okay, if I just substituted instead of using a meatball, I got the chicken nuggets and put the sauce on and ate it with rice. I mean, how could that be bad? But next to it, all right, next to it was veggie rounds or something like veggie, veggie bites, veggie bites, right? And I look at the package and they look like meatballs, right? And so, like plant based meatballs, wouldn't they be little round balls? Like, so this, you know, there it is right there. I'm going to use these. I was like, boom, perfect pick them up. I was like, I don't even need to make the meatballs myself. These are pre-made veggie bites. I went and got the sauce, which was there. Nice little bo bottle of sauce. And I left. I, I went in line. They rang the cowbell. It was the whole thing. I went and I paid and I left. And, and so I got hoodwinked. I got hoodwinked. These were tater tots, man. They were tater tots. They were not meatballs. I was very I was sad. I'll show you the packaging. You check the wait, video. Wait, wait, they wait, look, wait. They're I, round, I, I, man. I, 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 I'm feeling, J John DeBerry, that we have a little, the dog ate his homework kind of thing going on here. Right no, now. no, no, no. There's no dog and there's no homework. There's only, there's only a location you that made, didn't have you, what they were supposed to have. You basically didn't complete the assignment. <laughs> Coming from Mr. King's Hawaiian, you ain't even make the bread? Wow. You know, that was old me. <laughs> well, new me has new been a straight A student. Hey, well, this is new yeah. me. I had a come to Jesus moment because my report card was not good. My and report card is great. I'm a straight A student in Recipe uh, Club. Uh, you check the Discord. I, I, you check the Discord. I, I, Brian Ford spotless. I, 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 so, I don't know about that. So what had happened was, all right, what had happened was they were not round, um, and I used those instead. Wait, so that they're is, not even round. You made them with tater tots. This recipe is a tater tot recipe. I mean, it's it's look, it's a veg. It was a veggie bite. It had a similar flavor profile i would imagine that the plant-based meat has i mean it's just like vegetable-based things i mean it's just in a different shape i don't see it's not that far-fetched to think that they could be and there's it's a trader joe's brand my friend it is branded trader joe's so i feel like it's fair game i feel like it was fair game all right and don't pretend don't pretend that the sauce don't pretend that the sauce didn't dominate the flavor of what you it ate anyway it, it, the sauce is look. This, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to tell you that 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 General Tso's sauce is bad. I'm not going to say that. 
I'm not. I mean, really, it's, you it's just nice made thick you, sauce. you just made alu fry, Indian alu fry, or <laughs> you made basically um, a Waffle House hash brown. Yeah, pretty much. It sounds good. But it was. But you know what? It did taste fine. It did taste good. It, it did. It, the sauce is good. The sauce. It probably tastes exactly like what y'all tasted, man. Because the sauce was very strong. It was very thick over rice. You know, it was nice. But I felt hoodwinked. I was hoodwinked, and I did complete the assignment. Well, I don't. I I, I don't even know what to say. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit more than speechless. It's literally like you know seeing judgments from the Supreme, current Supreme Court. I'm just speechless. <laughs> I, I, I just don't even understand what the fuck is happening. Like, I don't even understand. I don't even understand how you can just say I completed the assignment. I've, like, learned, I've learned from you, Dave. I've learned from you. I have, I've become you. This isn't and now a 1986 don't, don't, don't do drugs campaign. You understand. <laughs> There's no new you, you know? John DeBerry, let, let's move on from the host of, right. uh, I mean, the... The, the, the guy that chose this recipe and didn't even fucking do it at all. All right. John DeBerry. I, 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 I was able to purchase the impossible. Of course, the because proper, the proper, proper, you know, items. Although I have one thing I know about Joe's John DeBerry is me, he, so. he, he, he doesn't give up. Unlike some people I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Brian, you didn't let me down. You didn't let John DeBerry down. You didn't let Trader Joe's down. I did not let Recipe Club down. You let yourself down. You let yourself down. You didn't let the the fellow wedges down. You let yourself down, and that's that's what I'm trying to tell you right now. Yeah, man. I I did not let myself down. You should look at yourself in the mirror and say it's not your fault, but this time it is your fucking fault. (laughs) It is your fucking fault. All right. Maybe the real plant-based meatballs were the friends you made along the way. All right, fine. I'll take it. I'll own it. But we JDB, will let the next, pe- we will next. Let the people plus, decide. This is like around the horn. Next, but m- muted. We muted Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a feature for season three. Um, wow. GDB, bring us home. Tell us what happened. I love this recipe. I, I, this is something I would make for myself all the time. I love the way that it was written, actually. I loved like the, the notations of like an unreasonable amount of freshly grated parm. Because that's like, I don't know, it just paints a really vivid picture, but also leads it up to interpretation. And then he talks about, I want to blow, I blow a torch to them when I want to feel alive. I don't have a blowtorch and I, I don't want to feel alive. So I didn't do that, but <laughs> no um, I just really appreciate it. No Dave it. Arnold Searsol in your home? Unfortunately, no one ever sent me a Searsol. Dave Arnold. That's yeah. not, don't, don't, don't look at me. I, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I'm looking at Brian. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 but I did broil them, so I, they got brown and they got crispy. Um, yeah, I know. It's like after the I, the last one I cooked was the Lomo Saltado, which was like 14 different things at once. It was so nice to have a recipe that was just like yeah. one bowl, so real and just like so easy. And it was just like, yeah, I was I was a huge fan. Um, I'm definitely would make something along these lines again. And I feel like the cheese is a really smart move to like incorporate that as like a binding agent along with the the eggs. So yeah, because the, the 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 vegan meatballs I eat are very like they're like seasoned with like fennel and they're very kind of like Italian ish. Mm. Whereas these are a bit more just like you know broad spectrum. So it's nice to have that as an option. You know, I I, I agree with you, John. I, I thought the recipe um if his career as a physician ends because he doesn't want to, you know, practice the Hippocratic Oath anymore, yeah, he could clearly be a recipe writer because uh, it Absolutely. was beautiful, beautiful prose. Yeah, I liked it very much. It was also choose your own adventure a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it left it 
it was open to interpretation. It was like the, yeah. like an ending of a good movie. You could see it a variety of different ways. Except even though, my interpretation. Except correct. my interpretation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Every interpretation mm-hmm. except for Brian's. I see how yeah. it is. Got I it. mean, his whole, actually, his whole recipe is an anagram about <laughs> your recipe. <laughs> if you put it all together correctly. Um, I also, uh, when I looked at the recipe, I was confused. I have to say, I was a little bit confused because what threw me off right off the bat was the cilantro and the Parmesan. When I was reading this, it was, it was again, going down the heart of darkness. And the further I went down the recipe, the more confused I was because I didn't know what the fuck was happening. But I was also really caught up with the guy that would name his cats, you know, Cat Stevens, which is hilarious. <laughs> Yusuf Stevens. Yeah. And then Steve Martin, like, that just, I don't that's I don't good. really know what to think about, right? That's just an interesting thing. And again, he doesn't even mention his girlfriend's name. Under the bus. Y'all doing that man wrong. You know, I am very familiar and, and, and use plant-based products. And I was just baffled reading it, actually, with the cilantro. I just couldn't get over the fact that I would have cilantro on a meatball. I know it was like, even though it was impossible and it's plant-based meat and it's supposed to be just be a protein substitute i couldn't get the cilantro completely threw me off mm. and then what threw me off was the parmesan and uh i use the grated parmesan the whole big bag that trader joe's has uh and i used like half a bag of it and i didn't i couldn't feel comfortable <laughs> mixing that with general so's sauce Ooh, yeah. and i think really the I problem know, i have for general so's sauce is the racist font same. I, I, yeah, in my kitchen video, I was like, are we still doing this? Yeah, I, I just, I mean, it just was throwing me off. It was hard for me to think right. in a, a, a linear fashion about what was happening because I was like, I can't use this bottle of sauce with Parmesan. For, and I wasn't even trying for anything authentic. It was just weird and cilantro. But the more I thought about it, I was like, clearly this guy's a doctor. He's not a dumb, dumb probably is knows more about food than any of us maybe he understands glutamic acids and i was like okay basically of all the things that trader joe's he's using this as a binding agent and also knowing that it will melt down and the 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 parmesan grated bag is probably not even parmesan it's 50 percent something else it's just a vehicle for umami i was like oh yeah okay once i started thinking of that way it became more palatable to me but it didn't taste cheesy none yeah. No cheese. But it tasted good. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, and again, I know a lot about Impossible and I didn't, uh, it, it doesn't need any salt. Did you add salt to yours? I think I did actually. Because it said. You don't need to. Salt and pepper. Zero. So I was like, yeah, might as well. You don't have to. I put and a I, lot of pepper in it. I didn't put any pepper in it either because I think the Impossible is already fully seasoned. Um, and it, it has a is lot of Is that why the sodium content's high? Like, is that, it has like, it's like seasoned? It is seasoned. Um, hmm. And also what I found why I wouldn't do it is the sauce itself, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I was yeah. like, I didn't even taste it. Again, I didn't want to fucking buy that goddamn bottle. <laughs> but I knew that it was going to be salty and sweet. But I would also say if you're going to do half a bag of Parmesan, basically one, one pound uh, or 12 ounces or whatever it was uh, of, of impossible meat, it needs two eggs. Yeah, it is. There is no question for There's me. There's no question. Mm-hmm. It's not one egg, Kevin. That's no. where I feel that, like, you know, you have room for improvement as a recipe writer. It's not one egg. It's two fucking eggs. Not even a question. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, the breadcrumbs, I didn't use the panko. I bought the other one. That was really it. 
I feel like the panko doesn't need to be panko because you're basically getting them wet. So yeah. it's like that whole texture thing is just not, not super important. Not, not super like you important. could use anything. Yeah. What I wanted to do was I was so angry at the general soy sauce. I really didn't want to use it. I wanted to just make red sauce and braise mm-hmm. them. And I think that would have been fucking delicious. And yep. that would have, I, I actually had some parsley and I thought I'd make this more of maybe like a traditional, you know, meatball. But I got too lazy and I said, I don't want to chop the fucking uh, parsley and I don't want to make a red sauce and braise it. I'll just use the fucking racist sauce. <laughs> and and uh, I baked it off at like 400 degrees for like 20, 25 minutes. It was really good. Yeah. It was really fucking good. Yeah. And I have to say, it's not even a meatball. And again, like that's the thing of how I would look at a lot of plant-based meat, including Impossible or anything else. If you don't think of it as meat and more as not fooling anybody, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think of it as a, a delicious source of protein that can morph itself into something else, like mm-hmm. the classical meat substitutes like tempeh and tofu, is particularly tempeh, mm-hmm. but like way better. It's awesome. So that's the thing is, it's something that's delicious, right? Yeah. Like I drink oat. I like oat milk a lot. Mm-hmm. I even like silk vanilla. You know why? Because to me, it tastes good. I right. want something, I don't give a shit of that, that those meat, milk alternatives, as long as it tastes good, yeah. that's what's fun. And it's also easy to make. It's super, 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 super simple. Easy. And I don't think, I, I didn't add cilantro. I don't think it's necessary. Oh, the one thing that I found to be fucking weird, also weird, that threw me off completely was adding rice to it. Did I misread that recipe? But did you add rice to your meatballs, John DeBear? Like in the meatballs? Yeah. No, I just served them on top. Isn't it? Did I? This is the I recipe? Think- I think you was supposed to serve it on top of well, rice. You know, I think I think one of the things with that 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 tripped me up at the at the recipe, if I had to give notes for for Kevin, the recipe developer, was like <laughs> all the meatball stuff wasn't specified what all the meatball stuff was because mm-hmm. like oh right you know I guess it's just for the meatballs, but like isn't there where is these called for the rice? Right. Yeah. So half to one cup of cooked white rice. Then it says serve over white rice. So mm-hmm. I just read through the recipe and was like, okay, well, obviously you're not putting rice. I mean, in maybe the there meatball. was a transcription error because as a doctor, he probably wrote it out in his shitty handwriting and we got it all <laughs> fucking wrong. Um, but that being said, I did put like half a cup of rice in the meatball. So it what? turned into a little bit that like a. It doesn't sound bad. No, it was yeah. not bad at all. It was like an yeah. Armenian. Uh, kofte. Yeah. It had mine came out a little bit like a kofte, which I thought was fucking rad. It almost the rice made it feel like it was bulgur wheat a little bit. No. So there's a lot here that I think as an idea platform, you could turn this into a lot of different things. One of my favorite kinds of meatballs are the bulgur wheat meatball type of things. So 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 good. So I was I was really impressed with this recipe, um, and I liked that the it was open to interpretation. Again, like this recipe was a lot of different things, whether it was intentional or not. I, I enjoyed that, and mostly what I enjoyed was like, oh, it was really fucking good. Yeah. And then I slathered that shit in the goddamn. I, I kept it separate, and I slathered <laughs> the the meatball in that sauce, and I was like, that's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking Damn. good. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So you're willing to say it's good, even though it's got that. Even though it's got that uh, font and situation on, you're still willing to say it's good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, the sauce was good. The sauce was I can, good. I can, I can. Uh, I'm separating two things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, objectively, it tastes good. It's salty and sweet umami. Does it have to be racist sauce? No, it can be 
anything else. I, again, like it, this is the whole thing. It's like everything at Trader Joe's that's Asian is fucking dragon. It's like I'm like, fuck yeah. off, man. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Any any dipping sauce would be fine. It doesn't have to be this, but I will say that using it, it was very tasty. And I will say it reminded me of my other favorite uh, sauce. It tasted like McDonald's sweet and sour sauce, which I enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's what it reminded me of. It smells like it tastes yeah. like it. So, yeah, that's why I, I liked it. I really enjoy this recipe. I have to say. Wow. Well. I will not be converted to that grocery store, but I will be it, converted to the plant-based meat. I will be converted. You will convert me to that, but I will not go back. I have no doubt that JDB is going to make this, maybe not exactly this, but some variation of mm-hmm. this. Some multiverse version of this is being made. <laughs> a multiverse version. Yeah. But the idea that it's just a, a source of protein, flavored protein, you can mix into a variety of things. And I will say, John, adding the rice to it, Sort of yeah. awesome. Yeah. That sounds kind of great. And my rice had quinoa in it as well. What? Yeah. <laughs> because now as you get older as a Korean person, you that's how you ate, that's how you know you're getting older. When you start out as a young Korean Asian person, your rice is just white. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the older you get, the more shit gets thrown into it. And now my rice is more other shit than actually the shit I want to eat. So my rice was this healthy thing of stuff that I don't want to eat but I have no choice. So it made it, it actually gave the meatball a little bit more of that, you know, kofte, bulgur wheat type of vibe. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. And my family just crushed the crushed it. Do you think this would be good with like meatballs and pasta? Yes. Did like pasta yes. sauce? 100%. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think if you break, if I would not, so I thought about this and this is what I want to do because I didn't want to use racist sauce. If you just baked it in a sheet pan, then I would braise it. I don't even know if I would braise it in the sauce, right? Because it, 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 hmm. you don't. What made this really nice is the crispy, crunchy yeah. outside texture. It almost, again, like a falafel a little bit. You know, it had that mm-hmm. that texture crunch that I thought was just dynamic. Um, I love that shit. I love texture. So if I was going to serve this with red sauce, I would just have it separate. And then if I was going to serve with pasta, I would add it. Toss it in. Toss it in. It's very good. I was also thinking Sloppy Joe's would be, would be pretty good. Oh, man. Now you're speaking my language. I would tear one of them At up. first, I didn't. I, did, I didn't. I, when I first read the recipe, I didn't see that there was like the rice and cilantro piece to it because I can't read. So I was like, oh, I'll do like something with this and we'll do Sloppy Joe's. Um, I think that would be really good. You got to hey, come to the crib, man. Let's make some sloppy yeah, joes with the, with the plant-based meat, man. I will yeah. I will be converted fully with that. I'm down for that. 100%. You're not invited, Brian. No, I told him to come to my crib. No, I'm you're not you're not crib. you're not invited. You're not <laughs> How invited. How am I to not invited crib? to my own Cause crib? Cuz you you failed assignment today. I did not. I did you not fuck, fail the assignment. You, you, you failed. We will it. take a poll. We will, we will take, take a poll. poll. I'll make so sure y'all listeners, I'll go on Discord. Let's let's make sure we have a poll. Let's just do a vote here. I am a big fan of this recipe. I'm going to, John, John DeBerry, you're a big fan of this recipe? Yep. Uh, clearly, we know Brian's answer. So that question is done, right, on the vote. <laughs> we, we, we're going to vote on this anyway with the Discord community. Like, that's how we're going to find the winning submission. The other thing that we should add as an addendum vote is, do you, listener, feel that Brian Ford should get a pass? <laughs> Not even a letter grade. We're going to go pass fail. Pass fail. Yeah, let's go pass fail. I, I think I'll get a pass easily because I I you got have one, one 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 minute for your defense why you should pass. I I don't need a minute. I don't need a minute. I've done what 
you've done several times over the history of this show and, and you're still here. Uh, that's the easiest defense. Uh, so, you know, in terms of the way our courts of law work, the precedent set by uh, uh, Dave Chang v. Recipe Club, you always have won. Um, I also get a pass because uh, they love me. And I'm going to tell you all right now, bro, like, if you give me a pass, maybe I'll give you a signed cookbook. I don't know. Is this a barter system? I don't wow. know. So it's all good. That's, jury, that's witness tampering, mm. Brian. Yeah. They're not witnesses. They're not even here. They're going to see the footage, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I'm not, you know, I'm, I didn't pass the bar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. That's the defense. Very simple, guys. Very me, simple. I'll have and like I know literally 15 seconds to destroy your defense for the listener. Number one, your your key witness, your fucking OJ Simpson glove theory uh -huh. Uh -huh. is exactly that. It's it's faulty because I never passed any fucking vote for any of my shenanigans. There's never been votes on your shenanigans, though. Uh, it is widely, widely unanimous that I, I have, have maybe ruined Recipe Club with my failure to make anything. Last season, you lost everyone. Every everyone. Time. And this season. <laughs> I corrected. I'm like one of those baseball teams, Brian, like the Orioles, <laughs> if you follow sports that lost like 26 games is now like mm -hmm. 500. Uh -huh. Because like, you know, I was like, you know what? The fans deserve better. I'm going to make sure my team puts passion and heart mm -hmm. into this. Unlike mm -hmm. some other people I know. I just think that you're reprimanding me for no reason here, guys. You know, I tried. They didn't have the product. They were supposed to have the product. Uh, you know, my my schedule is a little hectic. I went to a, a Trader Joe's. They did not have this. This is product. not. This is not the, uh, the the cathartic scene in Goodwill Hunting where it's not your fault. This is your fucking fault. Oh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Let's, the, let's the vote on champ, that. The people's champ will rise again. Next week, Chris will return. Thank goodness. God, this is so hard. With Brian and Rachel, it's Rachel's episode, and they will be cooking with seaweed. And again, seaweed, uh, Brian, for not pork rinds, not <laughs> tortillas. Oh, uh, you got kale. jokes. Okay, all right. See, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I got this. Don't worry. We'll about share me. Kevin's Impossible Meatball Recipe in the Discord. Sign up and share your own version. And check out the video version of this episode on Spotify, where two of us decide to pay homage to our listeners and one person decides to <laughs> not. Uh, Brian Ford, <laughs> what do you want to make next? You got two options. Frozen pie crust. Now you got to talk to me seriously. <laughs> yeah. Frozen pie crust or oxtails? Ooh, oxtail. Let's go oxtail. I would like to make an oxtail pho, if I can be completely honest. Somebody shoot the recipe. I want to learn. Done. All right, guys. Thank you. Make this recipe. It's really good. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>